Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. And Raja Bell. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What is going on? It is Friday. Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Rajah Bell. Our girl Hannah has the day off. She's got a little wedding to do, a little uh, bridesmaids duties. What? Our boy Debo is a trooper, man. You want to talk about a diehard Eagles fan. Our boy went up to Philly with, to watch with his family. We talked about the raw emotion of him crying, tearing up with his family. The Phenomenal mo- videos. The jo- oh, it was yeah. out- outstanding. The joy... And if it wasn't enough to be there when they won the Super Bowl, you went to the parade. I was there. You yeah. so t- just tell logistically. I got emotional. Logist- <laughs> you did. You were crying again. A little bit. I don't think there's any video. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You confiscated everybody's right. phones on that one. But just logistically, just give everybody an idea of how how this went down. So flew back to Philadelphia last weekend to watch the game. Yep. Flew back to Florida Monday night. Flew back to Atlantic City on Wednesday night and then experienced the parade yesterday. Drove to Baltimore, got on a plane back to Florida. I'm here this morning. <laughs> dedicated <laughs> He's to He's going about thing. two hours of sleep. Hey, let me ask, what was, what was AC like? I love Atlantic City. What was AC like? Was it, was it, was <laughs> AC airport? just one extension of, like, did you party in AC at all? No, or did you no. just, I just flew into the airport? I got there at midnight. He was working the cheapest flight oh, yeah. uh, schedules <laughs> yeah. there. Uh, maybe in five star Q&A, we're going to ask you some, uh, some highlights of the parade yesterday. We'll do that today. It's one of our favorite segments. We'll do a little bit on the Duke UNC rivalry, Jimmy Garoppolo. Getting paid was insane. The Winter Olympics, all this stuff we're going to get to. But the story of the day yesterday, and I, I had a good, I had a cold take the other day this week because I said, ah, oh, nothing probably will top the Blake Griffin trade. Yep. <laughs> and yep. I could not have been more wrong because all of a sudden, uh, Adrian Rojanowski starts just dropping woge bombs as he's known to do. And you talk about just blowing up rosters there is there's a whole new look nba and specifically with the Cavs. and we talked a lot about the Cavs' struggles i actually admire them for doing something because i thought it was this draft i thought it was this bad i thought they were in trouble you would put them on a two right a two out on a scale of one to ten confidence how much they could win the eastern conference finals and i'm actually glad they said you know what this isn't working let's blow it up and try to make a new run with some young guys so basically to, to wrap things up if you if you weren't paying attention the lakers get isaiah thomas channing fry and cleveland's first round pick the Cavs get jordan clarkson and larry nance jr so a little bit younger and guys that lebron will be able to mold absolutely um and by the way, D Wade out, Jay Crowder out. Like I didn't even. Yeah, I mean, those, that's the let's, let's go deal by deal because <laughs> yeah. that's kind of the way it went down. Right. Like I was at my son's. Um, he had something at his school yesterday for their fifth grade class, and my wife was like, "Hey, are you cool to hang around?" It's like, "Sure, I'm. I'm good." Um, and I look at my phone two minutes later, and and the proverbial stuff hits the fan, and I'm like, "I gotta go. I gotta get to the <laughs> office. We gotta cover this." So, um, the first trade, I, I think that spoke a lot to what we had kind of figured was happening there. Isaiah Thomas. You get to a new team, you're not producing. Don't be the loudest mouth in the room. Like I know that you're outspoken and wherever you've been in the past, like that's been that's been respected and, and you've been lauded for it, but you've got to have a little feel. Teams struggling, people are down. Um, you know, don't be throwing shade at everybody else, not taking responsibility. I thought the the comment about, hey, we're they're a top they're a bottom five defense before I got here. Like yeah. how can that people aren't good that, that's not gonna be taken well right. in the locker room. And so you know, I think it spoke to how bad it actually was and how, how much people were off of, of IT for their, not just management, but players as well. So that's addition by subtraction, in my opinion. Just, yeah. just, if you remove him from that and keep the same roster, I think they wind up better off. But the fact that you were able to get, um, Jordan Clarkson, who's a good young player, didn't fit, uh, with the core going forward in, with the Lakers a little older than the rest of those guys, maybe a little too good with the ball, um, taking a little bit of shine off Lonzo and Kyle Kuzma and their ability to grow. But he fits what you want to do um, coming off the bench in Cleveland. Another guy who can kind of make plays, um, could shoot, could play off the ball because he's done both in his career. He had to play with Kobe, so he knows how to fit in in that regard. And I think Larry Nance is a steal in the draft. Larry Nance Jr., really good, high-energy young player, rim run, uh, finish on the lob, 
Defensively, he's very versatile, high basketball IQ. So that's a win for me. Addition by subtraction alone would have been a win, mm-hmm. but being able to extract those two from the deal, um, even better. Next deal. Well, hold right. on, hold on. I want to do something just to recap all these, all these pieces of this trade. Cause I think Debo actually has a pretty good scale of how to judge these. Yeah. So does it matter a lot? Does it matter a little or not at all? Matters a lot. It, this, this first piece. That of the first puzzle. piece of the puzzle matters a lot. Do so you don't think they gave up on IT too soon? No. Me neither. No. Like I thought it was just, I thought it was a bad fit and I, it's, I think it's a good move. Like sometimes you date a girl and she might be super hot and, but you're, it's not working, but you might stay on. No and then chemistry. You, you end up wasting your time, like valuable time. And LeBron James' time right now is valuable. It's very valuable because there's not, you know, that window is closing. And, and, you know, real talk, that window in Cleveland specifically is closing quick. Yeah. It, it could be, it could be damn near almost shut. And so, um, look, you could, you could debate on, on whether or not IT four rounds into shape as a player this year as, right. as, as he continues to rehab and he gets his step back and his explosiveness. But that's not changing the personalities in the locker room, yep. the fit, um, the fit chemistry wise. It's not going to change any of that. So I don't think they gave up too soon. That was a mess. All right. Next piece of this trade that went down. Cavs get Rodney Hood, George Hill. The Jazz get Derek Rose, Jay Crowder. Kings get Joe Johnson and Mon Shumpert in a 2020 second round pick. You just got George Hill, who's a starting caliber point guard. He was. Defensively hasn't been great this year, but last year was probably a top five defensive guard in the league. Long, six five, rangy, um, very very good catch and shoot three point shooter. Any point guard who's ever been very successful playing with LeBron was a guy who could get you into offense, get out of the way, spot up and shoot, and defend. He checks all the boxes. You got him for nothing. <laughs> you, I mean, you you so you, it matters a lot. Matters it a little. Matters a lot. So that's two. That's and two. for the Cavs. And look what your point guard position was giving you. It was you had Derek Rose, mm-hmm. <laughs> who probably I mean it's debatable <laughs> whether he should even be in the NBA right now. I mean by his own actions, he just takes leaves of absence to check on whether or not his his heart's still in it. Like right. dude, just go somewhere. That's right. it, enough. Um, and I uh, Isaiah was giving you uh, Isaiah was one of the worst. I, I remember what I don't, I don't remember what the stat was, but. Statistically, defensively, and offensively, he was one of the worst producers in the NBA right now. Yeah. His teams were substantially worse with him on the court, both offensively and defensively. So you got a starting level uh, PG who's played in some big games for some really good teams with some great players, playoff proven for nothing. You were getting nothing out of that position. Um, then you bring in Rodney Hood, who I'm a big fan of. I, 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 Rodney Hood, I expected this year to take a, a step, and I think most people in Utah did too, into – that that Gordon Hayward role a little bit more. I mean, when Gordon was there, Rodney Hood was playing fantastic, and and his inability to really take that step speaks to me. It, it says that you know he's not a number one, but he's a really 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 good number two, number three type of player. Mm-hmm. And this is perfect for the role he gets to come in and play with Cleveland. He's not a number one. You don't want any more guys. Isaiah Thomas, number one. D Wade, number one. Derrick Rose, number one. Um, all of these guys, you put them all in a locker room with LeBron, number one. Yeah. Um, Kevin it's Love, a lot number of one. Alpha it's a lot of alphas. Yeah. You need dudes who, who know how to be subordinates. Yeah. They know how to come in, be good soldiers, play their role, do their job for the, and, and that's what you're getting now. And a really, really good one in Rodney Hood, who again, six, seven, is he? Six, seven, six, eight. Yeah, averaging 17 points a game and 39% from three. Dude, long, rangy, jump shooter, um, athletic. You've checked a lot of boxes. Again, you got him for nothing. Mon Shumper. I love Shump. <laughs> right. Great rapper. All right? <laughs> yeah. Hasn't played great, though, in Cleveland. And Jay Crowder clearly wasn't a great fit. You know, he wasn't able to live up to the to the hype that um, or the form that he had played with in Boston. So you walk away with those two pieces for nothing, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Like, that's a win. I Going back, I, I'm not a huge analytics guy, but I think it was defensive player efficiency rating. Do they do that? That's a specific stat that IT was last in the league, like, or second to last. There was like, yeah. somebody, like, he was like way down. Like, incredibly bad. Yeah, incredibly bad on that one. All right, so that one matters a lot. So we got two matters a lot for the Cavs. All right, what about the Heat getting D-Wade? The Cavs get a second-round pick. Matters a lot, matters a little, or doesn't matter at all? Matters a little. <laughs> it does. Matters a little. For who? It doesn't matter a lot. For who? Um, it matters a little. The Heat? Like, is it a good pickup yeah, to get him yeah, back? Yeah, it's good for the Heat. Yeah, the heat, infuses um, some energy into the fan base. Because yep. he is, it's Wade County. Yeah. There was a big, you know, even local news stations were sending cameras out to get him coming off the plane when he gets back in Miami. Yeah, that was that was fun watching he and Gabby get off at uh, Opalaka Airport. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they need, it's Star Town. NBA is a star league. 
and they don't have one in Miami right now. Like Goran Dragic is a great player. Um, they've got some good young pieces. But none of them are really going to ever get you over the hump. And D-Wade's not going to at this point. But it brings some it brings some life back to the city mm-hmm. and some excitement back to the season, which 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 is actually like I they've they've struggled lately, but I think overall they're overachieving. And so Yeah. I mean they're still making the playoffs. Right. <laughs> He's got some tread left on the tire. Like I think you can plug him in and he'll actually have an impact for this team. What's going to be interesting for me is to see a lot of these are, are D Wade's young boys. Like they're they're the ones that D Wade kind of raised. They cut their teeth. He was their vet. Yeah. Um. So when most of them came into the league, they had to figure out how to play with D Wade. Yeah. Now I think it's 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 on D Wade's shoulders to figure out how to come back and fit in and play with them. And I, he's got some experience in Cleveland now, but that's not always the easiest thing. Was this the most? Because I this was the most surprising to me. This piece of it. Because, I don't know, I just thought D. Wade and his boy, like LeBron, they were best friends. I thought they wanted to make Run Runner the title yeah. together. Well, that's not happening. <laughs> no, clearly. <laughs> clearly it's not. Right. But that's why I was surprised. But I also think LeBron, who is pulling a lot of these strings, like it or not, I think he is. I think he orchestrated, hey, we can get – like that's the only place I think they would have moved D. Wade. Yeah. I don't think they would have sent him – and to any one of these other teams. I don't because either. Because of LeBron's relationship with D-Wade, he wasn't going to screw him over and send him anywhere else but Miami. I have no um, confirmation on this whatsoever. I want to be clear on that. I have yeah. not talked to Kobe Allman in months. So this is just me speculating, watching the trades go down. That one I believe he was informed of and consulted with. like I, Because that's his friend. He came there to play with LeBron. And I believe the conversation was to the tune of, like, look, we got to play Chetty Osman. He's been playing great. Um, we've got these young pieces now. We're trying to get younger, more athletic. You know, D Wade's not going to get a whole lot of minutes here. You know, what, what, what would you think about the, the Miami thing for him? And, and I, do you be- think they also consulted D Wade? I, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I do. I, I think they wanted to do right. If I'm reading between the lines, yeah. they wanted to do right by D Wade with this trade. I don't believe, however, that LeBron orchestrated the rest of these deals. I don't think he played any real significant part in the Isaiah deal, the Rodney Hood deal, or the. the you don't I mean, think so at all? No, I, I, I think they may have like run it by the runner by him once the deal was kind of in hand, and they figured out all the moving pieces and said, "Hey, LeBron, look, would you, how would you feel about Derek Hood?" Right, and and then then LeBron. I mean, but any good GM with the best player on the planet or the best player on their team, they they probably do that. I mean, I sat in a meeting with with Robert Sarver, Mike D'Antoni, and Steve Nash at the end of of one of our seasons, and and they asked, you know, I wasn't even one of the best players on the team, but they ran a a significant deal by the two of us to see if it it was something that we thought could work. And um, point being, you you generally do that. That's not anything that's that's, uh, just unique to LeBron. So I think he had – like yeah, dude, I like I like Rodney Hood or yeah, George Hill's a good player. Like I, I think that could work here, but I don't think he was the one pulling the strings on those. It's big for Kobe Altman to come out like and make this type of deal. Good for you, Kobe. Yeah, right. I mean, it's a big deal. All right, so real quick before we get to LeBron's future, yep. this season, where's your confidence level now? Like, does this Cavs team significantly better? Yeah. Are you putting them back in the finals? Yep, you are. I am. Now, I mean, obviously. There are a lot of hurdles to clear in terms of chemistry and. But they have. Fit. That's the good thing about it. now they have time. How They've much got does to, it take though to integrate five new pieces into oh, your rotation? It, it takes time, but here's the deal: if first of all you got the best player on the planet, yeah, that helps. Yep. Right. Secondly, you didn't bring in a bunch of alphas that have to re, that have to reinvent themselves as players. Like learn how to play off the ball, learn how to share the ball. You've got a bunch of guys who will naturally fit into what they want to do. Their, their roles are already defined in the league, and they can just plug them into those roles kind of with Cleveland. They're, don't get me wrong. There's still a lot of chemistry and learning how to play off of each other and so on and so forth that has to take place, but it'll be a lot easier with the type of pieces you brought in. The, the, one, the, one, the, one, um, the one interesting piece I, I, is that Kevin Love comes back so late in the season. Yeah. Because without Kevin Love, like, and I, I, I've said my piece about Kevin and how his relationships were in Cleveland. He's an amazing player. Yeah. Um, and you're going to need him to be playing at an amazing level to do what you want to do in Cleveland. And that reintegrating him that late into a chemistry that's very, very new and hopefully clicking at that point is going to throw just one more wrinkle in it. But I do think because of the pieces, um, because of their status as role guys anyway, I think that it can work. And I believe that your major, your major flaw was defensively. Now, you haven't cleaned up your rim presence. But man, your ability to defend on the perimeter and your ability to, to be athletic and switch everything and keep stuff in front of you has, has gotten better. All right. So what does this mean 
moving forward for LeBron James? Because there's a lot of speculation that the Lakers are doing this to create some some space, some cap space, so they can sign two max deals so they can bring LeBron and somebody oh, else. And it, Paul, ironically, Paul George was playing in L.A. last yeah. night. His, his family's sitting next to superstars. Like, what does this mean for them? Well, it ain't no speculation. They, <laughs> they, so you think they, this cleared, is, they cleared the cap space to do what they need to do. So you think you likelihood that LeBron goes to L.A.? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think it depends on what this looks like coming yeah. down the stretch. Yeah. If, if this team um, and all these pieces that I think – uh, will, will help reinvigorate, like, the energy in the building, uh, will help support their, their, their defensive, uh, philosophy. If, if all of that comes to fruition, I think you could see, plus they're gonna have a Brooklyn's pick. I, I think LeBron and Cleveland's gotta be playing, praying for Brooklyn, like the guys just give it up. Like, yeah. let us, that pick is getting worse and worse the more Brooklyn <laughs> plays. Um, but good for you, Brooklyn. Um, if, if that, if, if they make it to the finals and he's got a top six pick coming, like I, I don't, he loves Cleveland, man. Like Cleveland's yeah. his home, yeah. you know. But he um, wants to win. He wants to make one more run at a championship. Well, you ain't you ain't doing that in like, LA. in L.A. any easier than you're doing it in Cleveland at this point. Even like, if you got Paul George to join him, I mean, but Kev, like Paul George is fantastic. But Kevin Love is really, really good. Yeah, but I don't like, think I don't think Kevin Love has that killer instinct. That's what bothers me about him. I think he's mentally fragile. Well, Paul George has never won a thing. Uh, <laughs> that's true. That's Ever. A good point. Like yeah. I mean, and I love Paul George. I think he's. I think he's, uh, he's one of my favorite players to watch in the game. But if you're telling me, like, you know, I, it, 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 he's not a killer, yeah, I get it. Like, Paul, Paul George down the stretch, I alluded to it, like, on one of our episodes. I don't, his, his closing numbers, like, yeah. in terms of knocking down that final shot are, are, are bad. Yeah. Um, and that's not to take anything away from him. But I guess what I'm saying is, it's all going to depend on what this looks like down the stretch. Um, obviously the Lakers with Lonzo, Kuzma, um, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, um, if you plug in LeBron and Paul George, I mean, you're, you're cooking with something, but, but how much, how, here, let me flip it. Let me flip it real quick and forgive me as I get long winded no, into basketball. I like it. I love basketball me season, too. baby. I like it. Um, if you're the Lakers, like how much do you think LeBron has left in the tank? Right. Like what, like, and, and I don't, to be the leader, to be the guy that puts your team on your back. Yeah, well, what you can do, you sign him. I, I don't, I don't know the end. Was it four, five year deal? Could they sign him too? Like, is it a four year, a four year deal? Um, you're gonna max him out at four years. I mean, you're just coming off of a deal like that with Kobe. They took him. To, he went too. He was too long in the tooth. LeBron winds up at what thirty seven at that point. <laughs> Man, like. But, he's shown but his game no is signs right. He's thirty three. His it, his game, his style of play too. I think is more suited to play longer. Because he can be more a facilitator. Like, one of the things yeah. he's been knocked for, I think could actually help him extend his career. But it's still a lot of wear and tear I agree, and he's a, he's a big old boy. But and he's never, he's never had, had any significant issues as far as injury. He's never had those type of deals that he's had. That you, like, when was the last his, time you've had him at a – His absence was kind of when he took that hiatus right, to Miami. which wasn't it's even a, an injury. It's a stupid question because, of course, if you're the Lakers, you're going to buy LeBron for four years. Like, he's, right. you're, you're going to do like that. Even if you only got um, two or three out, you'd still yes, take Yes, you're going to buy it. It's, it's, yeah. it's a ridiculous question. But but I, I guess if I'm LeBron, I, I want I, – I got to go with what I know. If I'm talking about chasing championships, and I know what my odometer is ticking at, like I know yeah. how much I got left in the tank, I can feel that every morning. It's purely going to come down to like where I think I'm closer to the championship, and if that's Cleveland, then he'll be in Cleveland, and if that's the Lakers, he'll be with LA. This isn't—I'm not trying to be a homer here—but the best situation. A lot of people have said with the young pieces, stop Philadelphia. It. Stop. I'm just, <laughs> just stop. If you just can, stop, bro. Just hey, he's stop. Feeling cocky. You guys are riding Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> exactly. stop. Just they're stop. They're closer than co- the Lakers, right? No, no. I, 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 yeah, I hear I you. So I hear you. Yeah, you got You have a. It's not going to happen. But just from yeah. a roster standpoint, I, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, you're talking about you, you've got a, a great big Joel Embiid. You got Ben Simmons, Ben and LeBron would be interesting because Ben doesn't shoot the ball. You know what else you got going huh. for? You're in the Eastern Conference. In the Eastern you're Conference. Maybe Devo's on to something. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. But you gotta stop, bro. That Philly, the Philly yeah. is just out of control uh, right now. Vegas agrees with you on the Cavs. So the other day we had talked about the Celtics creeping up there where they were becoming the favorite. Yeah. It's back up where the Cavs are a significant favorite. Celtics second, Raptors in third at plus 350, uh, to make the NBA finals. All right. So it's, it should make for a fun, uh, rest of the NBC, NBA season, no doubt. College basketball. Last night, UNC overtakes Duke. Uh, as far as college basketball goes, I don't watch a ton, but I'll watch the better games, the rivalry games. And this 
one of the greatest rivalries in all of sports. Yeah. Like, this is one I've been to Chapel Hill for a game, and I've been to Cameron Indoor for a game. I think this is one of the college basketball games that you have to tune in through throughout the season. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You're talking Duke, North Carolina. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than that. And I don't really care what they're ranked, even when they're not. Right. In, they're, but they were both top 25 last night. Right. Playing to, you know, playing to the wire again. I don't, I, and I, it used to be, I think, a little bit better. I think it does diminish somewhat the fact that you you have so many one and duns playing in this one because they're recruiting to one and duns now. Yep. But they do have some guys like Grayson Allen who's well, been around for a while now. So you have a villain of college basketball who's playing in this one. But oh. I, I do I do miss the fact when you had third and fourth year guys who had been back and forth and really developed nastiness and hatred for one another because they had banged so many different times I, in rivalry. I games. used to love watching those UNC games. Yes, when you and you knew they were brand names, like they were household names on both teams, and you and yeah. you got to watch them thug it out. Those were great games. There was a level of in today's like today's landscape. It happens with my fifth grade teams. Like our our biggest rivals, like. I hate their coaches. Their coaches hate me. But all of our kids, all of our coaches are like, I mean, all of our kids are like buddy-buddy. I hate that. You know what I mean? Don't you hate that? Well, yeah. And so that's what these games become now because these these top 25 kids have all all been buddies since they were like 14, 13 years old. And so there's no level of like animosity and just genuine hate in the game. They're just all showcasing their talents for the NBA and like we'll just roll it out there and, you know, we'll put on a show. But there's no real hate. The fans still have hate. We want hate. Right. Um. Grayson Allen, I want to touch on him because I feel bad. Uh, he's lost a lot. Of, he's lost a lot. That stock is dropping. I mean, it's yeah. kind of like it's like where we are in the like stock market right, right. now. Like it, it, we're down. <laughs> right. We're down. And he um, was at one time after that fr- freshman year, he was everybody was raving about him. Could have been a top pick. Yeah. yeah, you strike while the iron's hot. Um, but see, I, I hate that. No, because- I know, but you do. Like, look, if you're if you're if by chance any prospect is listening to this damn podcast, yeah. If you have any sort of stock or any inclination that someone is high on you, leave. I totally agree with you, but I hate that we have to – it's become – because Sam Darnold was in the very same situation, the quarterback for USC. From a business standpoint, and you have to approach yourself as a corporation. You are a commodity that is worth a ton of money. You have to, quote, sell at the right time, and you have to strike the iron while it's hot. I think – with Sam Darnold, I think he made the right decision. Decision, even though for him, I feel like he's going to miss out on a fun time, a great time. Yeah. But you almost have to grow up fast. You have to grow up in a hurry to capitalize on the moment at him. And I agree with you. That's one thing, Grayson Allen. Now, here's he, what I will say: huh. If Duke can get hot and make a run in the tournament, he can get that stock right back up. Because I think the NBA and every every scout in every league, yeah, they get very short sighted sure. and they go with what they just saw. So he could have another run through the tournament like he had his freshman year, and all of a sudden everybody's saying, "Oh, let's give Grayson yeah, a chance." Yeah, he, he, he if he did that, he certainly uh, would have a chance to redeem. You know, um, he's still some of so the stock that he's, he's lost, still but. on some mock draft sites. He still has a, t- a first round pick around twenty five, twenty six, but definitely not the lottery type money. Look, he would have been. Look, I watched it happen with. Um, uh, what's Rakeem Christmas? Rakeem Christmas. I sat in draft rooms, and we wound up picking him in the second round. And some of the some of the knock on him was, although his numbers were great, he was now a 21 year old doing it against 17 year olds. So he stayed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know that he had the opportunity to come out early, but the point was, his his numbers were diminished. Like, and 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 we we were killing him in the draft room because they were saying he was a grown man playing against kids. So, like, literally, you get penalized by scouts and GMs the longer you stay because your numbers are being produced against lesser opponents. And so they punish you for that, which is so stupid. Right. It's over over analysis. Right. It's the, it's the way it goes. Can I, can I segue back to one thing real quick? I forgot. I didn't touch on this. How much money did Isaiah Thomas lose from the end of last season in Boston to right now? Like could a stock be any worse? Like, like, Depreciate, what do you call it? Devalued, depreciated? It, <laughs> right, like, could it be right. any worse right now? No, it's a crash. What do you, what do you think type of deal? Like, dude, I don't, I feel term. awful for him. Because there was a lot of, there was a lot of, not haters, doubters of whether he was a max deal guy anyway. anyway. He probably would have gotten it, right? I, after last season? I don't, I don't know him. Um, I like, I like how hard he plays. I love that he's a little dude that goes out there yeah. and does what he does. I love the way he wears that on shoulder. Like, I respect all of that. I feel awful. For that dude, he just and it's not his fault. It wasn't his fault, right? It wasn't his fault. He went to a locker room um, that was already probably funky. He just wound up being a bad fit for it. And I'm telling you, he's lost. Yeah, I mean, tens of he's lost tens. Of, he's might, might, he might he might have lost oh, 
He might have lost 50, 50 million dollars. It yeah. could have been up to 200 million if he stayed with the Celtics and signed an extension. He's lost huh. 50 million easy. Yeah, easily. Yeah, it's that's a that's a damn shame. I think he'll still be okay financially in the big picture. Yeah, you know, which is okay. Yeah, but that makes sucks. Feel a little bit. Oh, it that does sucks. Suck. I totally yeah. agree with you. All right, Debo. What's happening, man? What do we got? What's what kind of news out hey, there? Shout we out Hannah. Hit yeah, shout out Hannah's Hannah. out here. Wagwan. But well, we're gonna get to what's happening now with uh, our boy Debo. What's so we up? talked about UNC topping Duke. Another upset last night in college hoops with UCLA topping number thirteen Arizona, eighty-two to seventy-four. Aaron Holiday paced the Bruins with seventeen points, while DeAndre Ayton held to sixteen points on seven of nineteen shooting for the Wildcats. Did add twelve rebounds, but Raja, do you believe that Ayton and not a guy like Marvin Bagley could be the number one pick in June's draft? Aiton projected number one right now. Yeah, I absolutely do. Um, I don't know that he will be because at the end of the day, it comes down to the taste of the of whoever's picking at number one and which one of them they like better, measurables and intangibles and all of the bulls, right? But but he, um, you, you rarely get that size, speed, athletic combination like him and, and and Bagley. He's even bigger than Bagley, isn't he? Like he's he's a bigger person, bigger body, bigger shoulders. Um, so yeah, very easily could be number one. All right, so Tally, another in the tech mm-hmm. column for Draymond Green. Draymond <laughs> picked up his league-leading 14th technical foul in the second quarter Thursday night in a win against the Mavericks. The three-time All-Star voiced his frustration, again, venting against the call and against the refs. Ho-hum at this point? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's one of those guys where you know what you're getting. He's going to be vocal. He plays with his emotions, which makes him great. But it also comes with some baggage. You just kind of have to deal with it. You kind of know what to expect. It is what it is, baby. You want him, I don't think you want him to shut that down. Like, he, I mean, sometimes we oh. start talking about the suspension if you get so many texts. But ultimately, you want him to – he thrives off this type of emotion. You know, Mike D'Antoni used to say, like, when he was talking about me, like, he is who he is. Like, yeah. It's what makes him who he is. And right. you kind of live with some of the – Yeah. the way it goes. I don't know if the LeBron curse affected Isaiah Thomas, but the team LeBron curse is at least reaping benefits for some all-star replacements. The latest, it's Hornets guard Kemba Walker making his second all-star appearance now, replacing the injured Kristaps Porzingis. Four original players from team LeBron have been injured since the teams were selected. <laughs> Boy, that's gotta suck. If I'm on team LeBron, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm, careful. I'm shutting it down through the all-star break right now. No um, yeah, Kemba, hey, look. Kemba's. I was surprised that he didn't move yesterday. I thought he'd be. I thought he was somebody that could possibly be be moving. But um, yeah, that that I love watching Kemba play. He's one of those guys that when I have my kids like YouTube a player mm-hmm. and just watch some of their highlights, Kemba's Kemba's a top five in our rotation. All right, the last one. Switching from basketball to football, Jimmy G is getting paid Ooh, Thursday. Wait. The 49ers extending the 26 year old quarterback and in the process making Garoppolo the NFL's highest paid player. The reported numbers, five years, $137.5 million, including $90 million guaranteed in the first three years. Oh, hey. If true, those numbers slightly top Matt Stafford. Garoppolo led the previously 1-10 Niners to a 5-0 finish in their final five games. So this, if this wasn't on the trade deadline with all those crazy news, like this is blockbuster news. Right. And I feel... This is crazy. This is craziness. And but at the same time, because I don't think there's anywhere big enough of a body of work after starting only seven games, five and zero. I get it. He was impressive in those games. But you've got two issues. I and I think main very much big two questions, huge question marks. One is the injury issue because when the first stint when he played in two starts with the New England, he got hurt. So you never had no idea he's going to deal with an entire sixteen game slate of getting pounded every single week. The second, more important, bigger question is seven games is no way representative of how a guy is going to play throughout his career. It's a good indication, and you should be happy and excited about moving forward. But what happens when the expectations change on you? Now, all of a sudden, you're the highest pair of player in the league. It's a different stress. How? And So I always like to see a quarterback, how does he do after adversity? How is he going to play after he throws three picks? And he's gotten beat up from an offensive line that might struggle in one game because it happens to everybody. It happens to Brady. It happens to Peyton Manning. It happens to Brett Favre. You are going to have a game where you get killed. Right. And then all of a sudden the media is going to start killing you. The fans will start booing. How do you react to that? We don't know that because he's had everything's been peachy. Everything's been great for Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G, GQ. He looks great. But how do you respond to that type of adversity? And without knowing the answer to that question – it terrifies me that they backed up the truck for him and gave him this type of deal. I mean, that's it's insane. I, I they must. 
I mean, they have to know something that, that they, they, they know, right? I, that, I'm just going to go with these guys are at the highest level of this. If they're going to give him that bag of money, they know. So I would, I'm going to let, let's say they know. Here's what I, here's what I know. <laughs> I wish when I played, like my, my first, yeah, thing, I had to prove that I could play for about six, seven years before right. somebody said, right. Hey man, you more interested in like a, in a, in a mid-level contract? Would right. that make you happy? I'm like, yes, please, please <laughs> give it to me. Um, I wish that I could have done what he did. Just be like Allen Iverson's backup, and Michael Finley's backup, and, and Nick Van Eckel's backup. And right. somebody said, Hey, you're pretty good. Take a hundred million dollars. <laughs> um, so good for you, Jimmy G. I, I don't hate. I'm not hating, but they must know something because I agree with you. Sample size, not nearly big enough. Not nearly enough adversity in his life to know how he will respond to it. And so, you know, look. When it's you're, a whole different standpoint. It's a whole different life. Bro, it's a whole different perspective. It's a whole different pressure. And you never know how a guy's going to respond until he's agreed. under that scrutiny and, and has to handle that pressure. So when John Lynch was hired, most people skewered it. They said, who is this guy? No experience coming from TV. Now a great player. But going from TV to the front office will not prepare him for this. Haven't played with John Lynch, know him pretty well, played with him in Denver. We were teammates for two years. I was one of the ones that said, you know what? It may look crazy, but the guy's a winner. He's smart. He'll do what it takes. He's a hard worker. Yep. I think he'll succeed in this position. This one, I feel like I want to <laughs> give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, And you just said they know something. Right. They have had him in the locker room. They have seen the way he prepares you know, on a daily basis. They do get to know him. And I do feel like John Lynch has a really good uh, judge of character and how a guy does. But I'm still nervous for this one because you. of that aspect. I would want to see a guy struggle, and how does he respond to that before I would back up the truck? And why not – and I get why not – Two trucks. Yeah, two trucks. Yeah. Yeah. Why not give him a deal at, say, 20 a year, which is fair. Why not approach him and sell him and say, hey, we're going to pay you. We're going to take care of you, but we're not going to give you this crazy deal. Now, I get why because he is a free agent because he could have held him over a bailer and he could have gotten this money probably from somebody else. But man, that's a lot yeah, of money. It's a lot of break. Good and it's a lot of guaranteed money. So we'll see. It's a, it's very much an experiment, but watch what happens after two. If they start off 0-2, people are going to say it was a mistake. Well, when you're John Lynch, I mean, what you've done is you've, you've hitched, like, your, your, yeah. you've hitched your future and yep. your, and your, you know, legacy in, as a general manager to Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, yep. if, if you've, if you're the guy who jumped out and gave Jimmy G all this bread and he winds up being an average, to below average because well, we don't know. So now there are three pieces of this puzzle that will hitch together because yeah. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch were pretty much a package deal, and they both got six-year deals. So right. they were a package deal. Now you've got this long-term quarterback, which I guess in the big scope of thing things, it does look smart that you've got the three most important positions. Locked up. Your head coach, your general manager, and a quarterback. Now there's no question. Right. And you're saying we are moving forward with this. So I – Maybe it's maybe then yeah. good for them. Let's yeah, yeah. see how it works. I hope it does because I'm rooting for them because they're all good dudes and they're all good people. Um, Winter Olympics buried in the news cycle, <laughs> but it is the opening ceremonies tonight. Right. They actually right already now, started did as you, we are recording. Yes. Did you know they actually had day negative one? They actually called it that because yesterday they had started the Olympics because they, there was day negative one. So okay. they actually did start some events. Uh, you and are you dialed in Winter Olympics? I am so not dialed in. <laughs> oh to come the Winter on! I, look, how can you not support your country? No, I watched anti-American. I watched some speed skating the other night. I did. See? I did. I watched some short. What they call it? Short track. Yeah. I watched some short track for like ten no minutes. No more Apollo Ono though, right? He's out. He doesn't. He's a commentator. That's right? his name. I was trying to figure out what his name. Was. I did a GQ <laughs> that guy shoot with ran him one time. It. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah, he was super cool, man. <laughs> Apollo Ono was that? Apollo I tell you ono. what, yeah. though. I and uh, I've actually played some golf with uh, is it Dan Jansen was this the long track guy who was younger when okay. he went he won the gold medal. Those dudes in the Winter Olympics. So this is going to sound a little bit like a hater, but they get a lot of attention, <laughs> and they only do something once every four years, and they don't really compete against that many people. Uh, <laughs> like how many how many people are out there really speed skating? I'm not touching a that thousand. One. Yeah, no, like, no. to be the best in the world. How many people do you really have to beat? You know what? Like, it's actually genius the on their part. The skating community is going to be pissed. <laughs> well, when they, are they they're avid, listening they're, to they're this. Rabid, this like, well, so I got in trouble from the curling community. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. when I was working on my old radio show, uh, we did a segment on if you had to train for an Olympic sport, which one do you think you could do? And I think I could be a curler if I gave a two-year window and just dedicated myself to curling. I think I could be an Olympic curler. Who's the talent in the curling? I have no idea. Is it the is it the pitcher or is it like the scrubber? The scrubber? I don't know. I, I would say I could do either one. That is such a stupid sport. 
<laughs> like now it, he's going to have the curling community. I, I don't not gonna care. Be happy the curling community. Like that is just a ridiculous <laughs> sport. You're going to. So let me ask you: Do you stop. think? Because I think stop. I think you being an elite athlete that you are. I think if you took I could two curl years, my ass off. exactly two years to hone your craft and just did it every single day, I think you could be an Olympic curler. Probably look not. how many look, and I think there are a lot of Olympic sports that you could do that if you just gave up your life and said, "I want to be an Olympian." You could do. Look I'm, how many track stars go up and flip over and do the luge or bobsled or all that, and they just go, "I'm fast. I'm going to do it." Look, like I could be a driver. Luge, I could be a driver of the bobsled. Skiing, like those ski jumps, even that speed track skate, like all of that seems like. Like, that's grueling work, though. Yeah. Like, to be in shape to do that, it's dangerous coming down those ski <laughs> Hold slopes. On. Dude. Not the driver of the four-man bobsled. Did you see that dude's kind of thick? Well, he's a little bit heavy. Maybe not the driver, but those, well, other dudes, the driver. those other dudes are, like, sprint champions and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, no, they like, can fly. But, um, like, <laughs> curling specifically, you're, right. I'm just going to throw – I'm going to roll this thing down the and ice. And you know, like, by the way, it, where And then I'm going to use a little, like – It's a huge, like, drinking sport, too. Like, everybody goes out there and gets hammered while they're curling. I get down to do that. All right, Danny, will you bet on the Winter Olympics at all? I don't know. If you give me some odds – all right, so we what do we have? Favorite to win the most golds? That's us, America. A trivia. Who would you think is the favorite to win the most golds? Us. Russia. No, no they're, not, they're not in it, are they? Isn't Russia boycotting? A lot of guys are there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. I, I there was some talk of that. Norway. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you would yeah, think I mean, that. that Cold sense. weather that spot. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you think the favorite is to win men's hockey? Uh, Ooh. Finland? Russia's not in it, right? Didn't Russia boycott? This is how bad our research is for the Winter Olympics. I would say Russia, if they weren't, but clearly they're not. If you've researched this and they're not the favorite. Is Mike uh, Rogioni coaching our team? Is, but the, uh, Canada. 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 Hey. And the USA doesn't have NHL players this year, which either could be interesting and give us that mm. 1980 feel a little bit or just a complete Who coaches the men's team now? <laughs> Who coaches? Are you kidding me? Who the coaches the men's team? That? Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So obviously we'll be giving you Winter Olympics updates uh, throughout the uh, the podcast here for the next Fantastic. couple of weeks. Uh, but I actually will watch the opening ceremonies as a tradition in my that's family. Tonight? Yeah, I'll sit down with our family. We'll watch it together because eh. it's patriotic. You get the festivities. Eh. I'll watch it with the family. We'll do that. Uh, all right. What do you got for topics for us, Debo? All right. As we mentioned, the Eagles parade yesterday, myself, a lot of people waited a long time to hear speeches like this one. Jason Kelsey, Eagle Center. Dressed in mummer's gear. He absolutely stole the <laughs> why, show. Why what, was he dressed like that? Was there any co- any story behind the scenes that I don't know about? Do you about? know much about the mummers? It's well, like a Philadelphia tradition, oh, New Year's okay. Day. So that's that's where it's I don't know that. Them. I got it. Um, he continued <laughs> you know that? to help. I was like, what <laughs> Come the on, heck? He spent some time in but Philly. Mummers, not. And he didn't even know. No. Jason Kelsey continued to play up that underdog angle. So the speech was about four minutes long. It's good. We're not going to play all of it. But epic. Two is minutes a, too long, by the way. Two it minutes was great. too long? Yeah. It's fair. <laughs> fair. Right. We're going to play a little bit of it. But it was Epic great. is a fair word to describe yes, our agree. sound of the day. I'm going to take a second to talk to you about underdogs. Doug Peterson. This past offseason, some clown named Mike Lombardi told him that he was the least qualified head coach in the NFL. Jason Peters was told he was too old. Didn't have it anymore. Before he got hurt, he was the best freaking tackle in the NFL. Stephen Wisniewski ain't good enough. Jason Kelsey's too small. Lake Johnson can't lay off the juice. Brandon Brooks has a dime. The West didn't go to an official one school. Nick Foles don't got it. Roy Clement's too slow. The airplane ain't got it anymore. Jay and John can't stay healthy. Tory Smith can't catch. Nelson Aguilar can't catch. Zach Gers can't block. Red Selleck's too old. Brandon Graham was drafted too high. Vinny Curry ain't got it. It's the whole team. <laughs> what right. is I got, I got chills. The, the, <laughs> Debo's ready to go run through a wall. My favorite line in the whole four-minute speech was Lane Johnson couldn't stay off the juice. Lane Johnson, who was suspended for yeah. four games, four testing positive, he called him out and basically ran out there and said that. Like, that, just let it all out. That was fantastic. That was epic. You got to check. Suspended epic. for ten games last year. Yeah, that really? dude will be a legend in, in Philadelphia. <laughs> like, that guy will never buy another drink. He will he'll he could just retire now yeah. and be set Shut for life. Shut it down. Replaces yeah. any Rocky speech ever, ever said. <laughs> That's right. Well, he was a mummer. 
Is that what you said? It was a mummer. I'll show you after the show. Yeah, we're getting some mummer. Post a picture of a mummer. Yeah, if anybody out there knows what mummers are, like I would love to. Now you're gonna have curling and the Philadelphia mummer community after me. I got no beef with mummers. I don't know what mummers are. All right. So a sad state of affairs when you can't even be comfortable practicing with the Patriots potentially around. Eagles long snapper Rick Lovato telling Pro Football Talk that he thinks Philly's Super Bowl walkthrough was completely fake. Uh, you have to be nervous with Belichick and company around. I think it's probably a smart move. I Absolutely. would do it if I was playing, especially if you're doing it in public anywhere people could see. I'd run all the plays you're not going to run. Maybe throw in some trick plays that you yep. have in your playbook that you know you're not going to call. Give them something to think about. Yeah, why not? They've got yeah. a history. Yep. They've, like, I'm not, I'm not, especially in a game of that magnitude, dude, why even mess around with it? Don't give them any opportunity. You know, we can't avoid football even though the season's over. We heard after the Super Bowl that Gronk would maybe be considering retirement, but in favor of acting – Apparently, The Rock and Sliced Alone urging Gronk to become an actor. Dude. Raja, you taking your kids to Gronk in, like, Tooth Fairy 2? Yeah, I go check out Gronk. Not in Tooth Fairy 2, but you give me a real, like, action flick. I Come go, on! I go watch Gronk. I would. All right, here's... And that's surprising. I go watch Gronk. I mean, I'm still on the F Gronk, but yeah. I, I go watch him in the movie. I don't... I think his only play, if he doesn't play football, is WWE. I think it's wrestling. Why? All right. This might sound mean. Yeah. I don't think he's he, that smart. He can't memorize the script. But I also don't think he's that, I don't think he's that great. Like, as I don't. Personality like, wise? Yes. Yeah. I don't, because he doesn't ever, sh- like, he tried to do the stand-up comedy. It was pretty awful. Right. It was trash. Like, it was not funny. It was not that good. I, you have to have a skill to be an actor. And I think Sly Stallone does have it. I think The Rock, as much as, I don't, I don't even know if he has haters, but he is a really pretty good actor. No, he's he- turned himself into one. Where he's pretty entertaining. I don't know if Gronk has that. No, you're right. Because there was there was a time. I think I told you this. There was in in Phoenix. Uh, we, like the, we were hot the, as a team. They 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 asked me. They asked me if I wanted to try, and I said yes. And they sent me this script, and I I was like, bro, I got this. My wife was like, you're gonna be great. I was like, yeah, I'm, this is gonna be cake. Um, I had to I had to do a read for it. I did not have the chops. Like I just wasn't. It's you, tough. You, it's tough. Like yeah. it's not an easy thing to do. So you you could be right. We'll have to get into stories about both of us because I read some lines for some shows too. <laughs> That'll be a separate episode. I was bad. <laughs> All right. Let's do some five-star Q&A. What do we got? We so, got some good questions this time? Absolutely. This is right. not on the list, but your conversation just about practicing to become an athlete in an odd sport came to my mind. Someone sent it to us on Twitter but then deleted it, but I cracked up. They asked, <laughs> if you gave just a random-ass name, Jericho Katri is who they said, one year to practice water polo, could he beat a college water polo player? That's what someone asked us, just completely out of the blue. <laughs> no. You don't think? Nope. Not one year. Not for a sport like water polo. No way. All right. Uh, I, this, I think I could be a water polo player. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Burning all bridges. But, I, but are you a good swimmer? Uh, yeah, I'm a good swimmer. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I think you – I think, Rod, that I'll take it off of me. I think you could be an Olympic water <laughs> yeah, right. polo player if you wanted to. Um. I'm t- like again. It's another sport where how much competition is out no. there, and I guarantee you could like the guys that can't throw yeah. and can't do anything else go, be go swim or water be water polo. polo. Man, so that's, that's a, why I think you could do it. The endurance level absolutely. with water polo has got to be yeah. But training ridiculous. for a year, give your life to it, you absolutely could do it. I don't, you know, I'm not. That's Danny, not me. I'm off the no train. <laughs> All right, moving on to the questions actually posed to us on Apple Podcasts again. If you leave a five star question. Or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will answer your question. And if you send us a screenshot, we'll get you a signed Danny Canal card. This one from our guy, Jared Wirtz, who has asked questions before. He wants to know the worst date you all have been on. And T-Bone0121 also asked the same question, kind of for dating advice. No names, but explain why it was so bad. Also, Debo, how do you feel about the Skeller closing? It's a Penn State bar. It's been around for 100 years. My opinion, overrated. Oh, so you don't care. It's gone. Oh. It's not my scene. New. Not my scene. Oh. All right, nice. But uh, worst date you've been on? Uh, I don't know. It's probably in college. Um, it's at Boston University. I, I, like, I didn't have any money. Like, we had, they didn't give us money. They just gave us, like, a card with, like, you could use it at the convenience <laughs> yeah. stores and at the cafeteria and stuff like that. And so I took a girl. Like, we were from two different, like, she was, like, a, a weird kind of alt type of girl. Like, but she was hot. And yeah. I was like, yo, let's, let's, let's. Let's try it. Nothing in common, really. And we went out, and I had no money on the card. <laughs> so like, did you have to I ask her to pay. Oh, dude, did I? It was <laughs> it was just awkward from the jump, and it was it was it was. Rough. Uh, see, I would say similar, like along with similar lines. I never had like an epic bad date where something went horrifically wrong or yeah. it was awful. 
But it might be just as painful when you get with a girl that it's hard to talk to and you have nothing in common and there's no conversation right. and it's awkward. That was there's yeah. nothing worse than that. And then <laughs> it's the best thing is to kind of bail as early as you can and just like, yeah, this ain't working. Like yeah. kind of just get there and just say, Hey, all right, let's and go. I got, I got some too. boys. You're yeah, like, just, uh, just end it. Like, like end, end it. Just rip the bandaid off. We're out of here. And everybody will be happier. She <laughs> might actually like you more as a friend or something and speak nicely of you right. if you just end it. Right. We'll have to so check no back in with yeah. Hannah on that one. Mine yeah. was last week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this one from Typical American Spur, a two-parter. We'll start with Danny. Take a moment and tell us the one thing that hardly anyone knows about your boy, Rusillo. <laughs> so my old partner on my old radio show, I would say there's not much people don't know, and that's what made him pretty you know, likable on this radio show that we did. Was he was pretty open about it. Like he didn't do a lot. He sat in his basement and watched NBA games. Uh, you know, he wouldn't, and when he went out, he would get after it, which everybody knows now that he had his experience that he would get after it a little bit. But, uh, I think what you see on camera and on the show was exactly what you got. Like yeah. there is, there is not a lot of hidden behind him. Yeah. I will say this, like he came from a background. People know that he's from Cape Cod and I think they assume one thing and it's totally not that. Because he came from a family where it was work ethic, he had to work, right. and always had to kind of earn their keep. And I think that's where he get his work ethic Cape from. Cape Cod, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. But Roger. not the not the Cape Cod <laughs> summer <laughs> home, <laughs> like $20 million. Not like home. Vineyard Vines, right, like right. with the color no, popped no, no, and exactly. lobsters on your shores. <laughs> uh, Raja, take a moment and tell us one thing hardly anyone knows about your former teammate Steve Nash. Maybe uh, a soccer story. Uh, American Spurs says he's a soccer guy. Nah, dog. <laughs> you can't go nah, there. Nah, nah. He's not going to sell out his boys. What nah. he's saying there you know is what? something I'll tell, there. Nah, I'll tell you. Uh, Steve's my dude, man. We he, what really we went golfing one year after. I was a big golfer, right? And but this was my kind of. You are is he? I am. He was not. Had never played with me, and I was in my infancy as like a golfer, so I wasn't very good. So it was like myself, Boris Diaw, Sean Marks, who's the general manager in in, in Brooklyn now, and Eric Piakowski, and Steve Nash after the season. Um, so we go out and we're all just chopping it up. Like Steve's like, I was like, when the last time you played? Probably like five years ago. Um, he, he shot like a, I don't know, like 12, 13 over or something like that. He's just a, a he's That's just pretty a damn good. pretty damn good. Yeah. Hadn't played in like five years. He's, he's a really good soccer player. He's really good at almost like all sports. Like he's just one of those dudes who either played them all when he was younger or is just that gifted hand eye wise. Like he's a really, really good, uh, sportsman. If he would have, committed to soccer you think he could have made our oh. usa team um like team how Canada. good he's yeah, he, oh, yeah. He, he, <laughs> yeah, yeah he's canadian but yeah no he's really good like yeah. we we um do you ever play in a celebrity game yeah i go up and play in the at the time it was called um what was it called the showdown in chinatown when i play in it um and so i was on a team one year with like thierry Henry, um giuseppe rossi like it was a gangster game and steve is like Steve is fine in the game. I'm just running around, just <laughs> catching it and kicking it right back to somebody. But yeah, Steve's a heck of a, uh, he's just a heck of a, uh, an athlete. All right. This one from ATD 28 Rams. My question is, what advice would you give someone looking to get into the sports reporting or broadcasting field? Also, Danny, can I expect to see you in Tallahassee for the spring game? Uh, heck it, yeah. You know why? Vanilla Ice, Salt yeah. and Pepper performing in Doka. And the game. DJ Rob Bass. Don't Ooh. forget Rob Bass on that. Yeah, we need to take the what? podcast on the road to Tallahassee <laughs> that weekend. Rob Bass. When Bass. Vanilla Ice was going off. And this was in your, we were yeah. down in Miami yeah. when he was legit. I may or may not have put the lines in my inside head. I went to a, I went to a Vanilla Ice concert. Did you really? MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice. <laughs> 1991, maybe? Miami <laughs> Arena? 91, 92, oh, something that's like that. awesome. Yeah. I bet that yeah. place was bumping. It was I bet it was going cakes. off. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so back to the first question. What advice for sports broad, uh, broadcasting? I would, it's, a, I think it's really easy. I think take whatever job you can get and get as many reps as you can. Build a resume tape. And don't have an ego. And, like, if you have to go do some local radio, if you have to do some uh, student broadcasting, student channel at your college or high school, do that. Whatever you can do to work on camera. The best thing for that is to get experience, get comfort level working on camera behind a microphone. Yeah, I got nothing to add to that. I Just take every rep you can get. Yep. Be versatile. Yeah. Uh, from Trauma Rama JW, Danny and Raja, how did you meet your wives? And Hannah Debo, have you ever used your sports lore and fame to score yourself a date? <laughs> Debo, you dropping the Canel and Bell podcast at dates at the bars? Thanks, guys. No. I'm sure that'll go a long way. Uh, but how did you guys meet your wives? Um, I, I I met my wife. I transferred to, to FIU from Boston University, and so I met her like the first day I saw her in the parking lot. Um, and I, I kind of asked, and they're like, oh, yeah, she got a boyfriend. And he's like the – 
goalie and soccer team. He's USA. I was like, yeah, don't worry about that. We're straight. Um, <laughs> and so no, he wound up leaving school and, and like he was a year ahead. So I wound up kind of sliding in there. And the funny thing was a lot of, we started talking one day and she was like, I'm from Long Island. I was like, Oh word. Where'd you go to Walt Whitman high school? Because a lot of the guys on the, the, the at Boston university team where I was coming from had went to Walt Whitman high school. It's the only school I knew on Long Island. And she was like, yeah, wait, wait, yeah, I went to Waldman. What the hell is wrong? What, are you reading my bio? Like, are you stalking me? I was like, no, dude, I know John Brennan and, and, and Jimmy Schwartz, and they were already friends of her, so it was small world type of stuff. So, Did you know you were going to marry her from the minute you saw her? Nah, nah, nah. Right. No, so I don't, mean. Don't tell her Valentine's Day is right around no, the story. Don't wreck look, it. No, I mean, I couldn't. I wasn't at that point in my life where I was looking to, like, marry somebody right. or even think about that at the time. So, but I knew when I saw her, like, that was the first yeah. question I asked. Like, who's that? Right. And I, I, I want to know that. I want to know Similar, her. similar yeah. story. Uh, I was actually later, so it was later in life, but I was working out at LA Fitness. Right. And I was going to this kickboxing class. And it was, if you are a single dude, Debo, you need to go to LA Fitness, go to one of the places, go to the kickboxing class. It was about 30 people in the class. Mm-hmm. I was the only dude every time. Like there might have been one other guy that was there and he wasn't competition, if you know right. what I'm saying. <laughs> so my wife was in the class. And so I'd see her and I'd you know, kind of give her the look and you glance at each other. So I wanted to meet her. So I went up actually, there's a little stretching area under the stairs at, at LA Fitness. Yeah. So I started stretching next to her. I was like, what's up? You yeah. Know, how you doing? What did you think of class and all that stuff? So again, she had a boyfriend as well. Yeah. Wasn't worried about it. You can't worry about can't those worry types about of things. Um, but later she told me that she thought two things. One, because I was in the kickboxing class. One, that I was gay. Yeah. <laughs> or that I was dating the instructor. Because I, oh. I used to be friendly with the instructors, right. too, because I was one of the only dudes to go. Right. And the instructor wasn't bad looking either. <laughs> and thankfully, I wasn't with the instructor because I don't know if I would have met, you know, would have been with sure. my wife. But my wife gets a little bit mad at me because she says that she knew when she saw me oh. and I don't reciprocate those feelings. Right. But I, I, I was attracted to her and of I thought course. she was hot, but of I course. needed to get to know somebody. We're wired a little bit. But her like, like being that romantic, like deep down inside, she yeah. wishes I would have said, she's the one. I don't think that my, minute. my wife wouldn't say that. Like my, she wouldn't? no, That's I don't good. think she'd say that. Good. That was out in Denver? Or? No, that was at Fort Lauderdale. That was oh. down here in South Florida at the LA Fitness on Federal Highway. Oh, that's what's Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know exactly where it was. We drive that's by great. and there's that little moment that, you know, that yeah. we have those, those memories. Ours was the G parking lot, FIU, baby. Yeah. So go. we'll save, uh, we'll save that question for, has, has Hannah ever used the, her, uh, connection to the Canel and Bell podcast? Uh, and I think Hannah days. uses it all the time. Yeah, definitely <laughs> dropping that for sure. We need to get some, uh, swag, some gear. So you guys can wear some of that out and see how it does. See how it, <laughs> see how it does out in the scene. Cause clearly we're probably can, big. Can we ask our of... listeners where they want to, like where they want to hear this podcast from? Like are there any major events where they'd like to hear it, right? Well, that's like, a good call. All Star Weekend, yeah. Masters, like maybe <laughs> NCAA Final Four. Like if there are places where they'd like to hear us yeah. pod from, yeah. let us know. Absolutely. Where? All right. So, so there you have it. Hit us up at Canel and Bell. Tell us where you would like to see the show from. We may or may not be begging to go on the road in case you can't tell, but give us some ideas. My personal, it's either Vegas for the Sweet 16 weekend or the Masters for the go. Par 3 uh, tournament Wednesday there. It would be phenomenal. And Tallahassee. Final oh, and ta- well, that's done. That's, that's done. You got, either you guys are there or not, but I'm going to be there for that concert. All right. Hope everybody has a fantastic weekend. Thanks for checking us out. Make sure you go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, download. If you're not an Apple guy, go to – or girl – uh, check out Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere you have podcasts. We're out there. Leave us a five-star review on the Twitter page, uh, excuse me, at the iTunes page, uh, and make sure you leave us a question in there or a comment. Give us five stars. Ask us anything you want. We have some fun with these questions every Friday. And as always, give us any feedback you like at Canel and Bell on Twitter. Thanks for checking us out. Have a good one.